0: Hi and welcome to Projected Opinions, the best movie podcast in under, well, about twenty to twenty-five minutes. <laughs> My name is Matt Noble, and I'm Nathan Payne. And this week we're going to have an episode reviewing the movie Upgrade. Upgraded. Na- upgrade. A second D. I don't see it. I'm looking at the title card. Really? Yeah. Truly, it's Upgrade.
1: <sighs> Man.
0: And after and that embarrassing folks. moment, <laughs> uh, we this movie is not a huge release. It wasn't advertised very well. Um, it's a small-budget action sci-fi. It, it includes horror, but only probably because it was produced by uh, Blumhouse uh, Productions, which is known for things like Paranormal Activity, uh, Split, uh, uh, The Visit, other things that you might recognize that are scary, cheap Um, low-budget horror flicks Mm -hmm. that often do quite well at the box office. Um, Nathan, in just a minute or two, what did you think? Spoiler-free, upgrade. Oddly enough, this movie actually reminded me
1: of the 2014 remake of Robocop. So it it felt like that, but it felt like it took... As in it was terrible? No. So it felt like it took the technology things that were... Uh, emphasized in Robocop and it had a better story um, maybe not story it had better motivations I'll say okay. um, Robocop was just kind of bland don't don't waste your time this movie was better than that but it there was certain feelings if you will about the technology and the uh, futuristic vibe that they're trying to give that kind of reminded me of that and also the man's situation um, that he's put in mm-hmm. um, I guess. Cliff right. Notes' version of the plot is a man becomes a paraplegic and he has a device installed in his neck that allows him to re- regain use of his body, but it also has an AI inside, um, and he has to figure out what's going on. Um, so it's a very interesting concept, and I think that it's something that people are trying to actually push this kind of technology. So it's I think true. It actually, acts...
0: the prototypes of something like STEM, the the name of this tech, it Does exist in mm-hmm. our real world. Yeah. So I
1: think it was trying to be a little bit more forefront in that kind of like asking cultural questions. Um, so I I enjoyed it. It didn't it didn't feel like that low budget to me. Like I think they did it well, yeah. uh, but you can definitely tell. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think in brief, I thought the film was well made. Uh, surprisingly so for such a low budget i think they were under 20 million dollars on this They find a to guess yeah um they had a okay cast uh we'll we'll get into that <gasps> yeah we'll later. come back to that <laughs> um they the aesthetic of the film i thought was surprisingly good a mm-hmm. lot of times you can tell when a movie is low budget just because the color grading is not very good um, the editing is not very good. The way that the story is told doesn't help the story move forward at all. The the, the visualizations that the camera operators or the director chooses to use uh, in most cheap films are just really basic, and this I thought was a step a step above that. Yeah. Uh, so I appreciated the style that went into this, and um, I I liked it, but I I left thinking about all the ways it could have been better how about that
1: that's fair but i imagine you and i
0: actually do that to quite a few movies matt (laughs) (laughs) all right how about this i was i got excited about making movies again uh because i thought hey this is a a kind of fun unique idea Mm -hmm. Uh, that was told for very little money, at least in Hollywood. I mean, $15 million to us sounds like a ton of money, but in Hollywood, that's almost nothing. Um, and it's technically still indie. It's at the high mm-hmm. end of indie, but it's technically still an indie film. Now, and, for an indie
1: film, this was way beyond yeah. any genre film that's tried to do what they've done before. Right.
0: This was surprisingly high quality. Uh, and I, I kept make I kept thinking, man... The sky's the limit today with with good uh, people behind the helm uh, and with a good story and some good tech uh, with regards to, like, camera operating and editing, you can tell a really unique story and pretty well for very little money. And I got excited by that. Also, was thinking about the ways it could have been improved, but still, (laughs) you know, I was, like, excited, but not super negative about it. Right.
1: So, one thing that I will point out, um, this is not really spoilers, but if you're watching or listening to this podcast with the intention of wondering if you might go see the movie, um, I would like to point out that this is a movie for people that can handle a lot of gore. this This is not just gore like Tarantino. There's not just a lot of blood. This is, it's graphic- and very, very violent at certain times. The whole movie is not like this, but there is like three or four scenes
0: where it just takes it to the next level. So a lot of times movies during a surgery operation scene will like cut to the doctor's face or like you'll hear the sounds of like the the slimy touching kind of thing. Uh, This showed... Uh, and and try to give you a very close to accurate description or depiction rather of what was happening.
1: To be fair, I've watched a lot of medical dramas and like it didn't go over the top. Like if you watch reality medical, mm-hmm. this was still less than that. Um, and there was a mm-hmm. couple of scenes where they didn't cut when a lot of movies would, mm-hmm. and you see some things that will probably be burned into your brain for a bit. Um, so if you're not, if you're not, if you're a okay scream-ish. with that, yeah. then this is
0: probably not a great ride for a theater for you. Maybe wait till this comes out. So I definitely <laughs> watched a few scenes through my fingers or not at all, uh, cause I could just see it and I closed my eyes right before the thing happened. Um, it, just because, you know, I, I, I think I usually have a fairly high tolerance for some violence. This was just a different kind of violence that you than you normally see. Mm-hmm. Um, so fair I, warning. <laughs> yeah, fair warning. I, I don't think it makes the film better or worse. Um, it's it's part of what the the film
1: is like. Mm-hmm. It's clearly part of their style. They wanted to show some of it. And they cut away. Sometimes there was some scenes that I was actually fairly surprised that they didn't show more than they did. Um, we can talk about that in the spoiler yeah. section. But just be aware, there's there's no nudity, but there's a, f- a decent amount of language, and there's some rather shocking, bloody moments. Yeah. So,
0: all anywho. right. So let's uh, let's talk in generalities. I don't want to like jump into spoilers so early, but also I really do think this story deserves some spoiler talk um I think overall this film shows what well intentioned production companies can pull off so in in my head when I think about this film I do think about things like Split uh, not just because it comes from the same production house but because it's a high quality film made for like less than 20 million Mm dollars I think about things like um uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which was also a twenty million dollar production, maybe twenty five ish, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, both, like both of those, are very low budget but high quality and high concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that it, when I, when I left the theater, I kept thinking, "Man, this is what you can do with people who actually know try, yeah, uh, and and aren't willing to just." Throw junk together and then put it on the screen, trying to do a money grab. Right. No, this was definitely made by people that understood
1: how to use the technology that they had, mm-hmm. and that was something that I even talked about. Um, I went to see it with a couple of friends, and we were outside of the theater, and we were talking about it, and it was like we all knew that it was low budget. We knew that it was, and you can tell. I mean, there are some scenes inside of some houses where it's it's very clear that there's there's nothing different about this house versus a house that you could walk into in a, yeah. any other part of America. Oh, okay. But yeah, we need to I will that. say that it was, it didn't feel out of place almost. It mm-hmm. felt like there was a legitimate reason for you to be in a house that looked like that. Yep. And that's just good writing on the part of you understand that your budget won't be able to stretch for certain things and you know how to fit your story inside of your restraints mm-hmm. and you know how to show it well enough that it doesn't matter so I mean and very simple things like the technique you're right about editing a lot of times on low budget it's scenes are just connected the, the story doesn't flow from scene to scene it just sort of there's blocks of the movie and you watch them in order like the editing doesn't feel artistic mm-hmm. I didn't have that problem with this movie this movie was put together by people that understood how to assemble a movie into a coherent Narrative, and so it was enjoyable to watch what other people could do with not as much money as,
0: as uh, some of the bigger things going on. You mentioned, um, uh, man, what's the film that's in Detroit? The guys robotically. Oh, um, RoboCop. RoboCop. Duh. Gosh. Um, so you mentioned RoboCop, and the movie that I left thinking about was Blade Runner. Which one? The first. The one? original. Okay. Uh, we can talk about more, not just with aesthetic, but also with story. Um, aesthetically though, they had that opening shot of A little the bit. future L.A. Um, and I thought, man, I am already so excited to get into this city and see what future L.A. looks like for this low-budget film. Because they had this wide shot, they had this building that looked like uh, basically an F, like the letter F, and on the top uh, crossbar there was rain coming out of the building onto the lower crossbar like which was a garden forest and i thought that is so creative and cool and it looks so good and i was pumped to get in there and there was and we, like one more wide shot and you were never in the and we never got to see it again. <laughs> i know and i was like well dang <laughs> that was so cool yeah uh, no now, that, that's when i started thinking about budget limitations of mm-hmm. course but man i'm I was really hopeful that we would try more than that. Right. Granted, the cars, the house, like very futuristic, felt mm-hmm. real, mm-hmm. looked real. Uh, it worked for me for mm-hmm. set pieces. Uh, I was just disappointed that we didn't see more of this this future city. Yeah, and um, I will say that
1: kudos to them for making me want to see more mm-hmm. because a lot of times you'll see like the wide shot and you'll be like, okay, wide shot and but this was trying to draw you in of course maybe it did a bit too well Mm -hmm. because they couldn't follow up Overpromised, yeah right um but you know they did they did fairly well for what they had sure spoilers sure
0: all right if you have not seen upgrade at this point and you're actually intrigued in seeing it not being spoiled stop listening go see it come back and finish out the pod uh if you are uncertain or pretty sure that you don't want to see this film in theaters, but are curious to know what we think, uh, go ahead and continue listening. Um, I'll go first. Go for it. Because I I have actually thought about this a little bit. I think I saw it five or six days ago, and and you just saw it yesterday. I saw it last night, yeah. Yeah, so um, when I left, I thought about Blade Runner for a couple of reasons. One, because I thought a lot of character motivation. So this... Uh, character that we're given, gosh, what's his name? I gotta look it up. Gray Trace. Gray. Uh, he, you know, has no use of his limbs. He's paraplegic after the car accident. Wife is dead, right? And he gets this new technology. Hunts down like who killed uh, his wife? Mm-hmm. Like wh- what happened? Trying to find the answers. Um, and. In Blade Runner, here you have this cop who hates replicants. His whole job is to find uh, this replicant serial killer, basically. Uh, Spoiler alert for Blade Runner. At the end, finds a replicant, kills him, only to discover he too is a replicant, depending on which version of the movie you watch. Right. Um, So... (laughs) uh, in this film, hunts down the person or persons responsible for killing his wife, only to find out it's the computer chip that is an AI implanted in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that that revelation should have really been impactful. And when it was revealed, I was like, "I," in it my didn't head, hit you. it did not hit me. I, I thought okay, it's going to be something like X, Y, Z. It's going to be either the computer or the kid. And, you know, I...
1: It was a combination of yeah, both of them. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and
0: I just wasn't as impressed as I thought I was going to be. Mostly because I, I don't know. I didn't think the characters, the actors and actresses sold it. Like, that last mm-hmm. sequence was just super stilted, felt really awkward. Um... And I thought that the main actor, Logan Marshall Green, swung back and forth between two different characters. Uh, he wasn't consistent. Uh, at times, I thought he was an, an incredible actor, portraying a lot of different things very subtly. Uh, and he reminded me of Tom Hardy. Not just the way that he looks, but the way he talks, the way he behaved. Kind of like a Tom Hardy in Mad Max or something like mm-hmm. that. Or maybe in Warrior, if you've seen that. And then he'd swing to a very ridiculous character who was out of control of his emotions and, uh, like, like a child almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe people with PTSD do struggle with like trying to find balance in their emotions, and that's fair. But I never was convinced of his character when he would swing back and forth so suddenly. Right, and to be perfectly honest, they didn't real like the the PTSD thing was like. It was like a
1: throwaway line of dialogue. They right. never really capitalized on that for character development specifically. Um, you, you know what movie I actually thought when I was uh, leaving was actually Ex Machina? Um, mm-hmm. That because too, yeah. The, those are the only two movies of late that I can remember that ended incorrectly, quote unquote. Right. Where the, machine the bad guy, the person that you're not identifying with, not the main character, Wins Mm -hmm. and where the main character loses. So I actually really appreciate the fact that they could do that because, you know, if you put more dollars behind it, they wouldn't have been able to. Right. Um,
0: Yeah, Studio wants a crowd pleaser.
1: Right. And I almost think that maybe the revelation that the robot did it shouldn't have been for the main character. I think it should have been for the audience. Mm -hmm. I think the main character should have known. Should never have known. Should have woken up in the dream and been like, hang on. And then did it, and then from the outside, you get that last line. He's yeah. a, he's broken himself. Mm-hmm. He's in a better place now. I'm in control, and then kills the cop, walks out like that's it. Like I don't that's know. That's pretty close to what actually happened, except for before. The reason his mind broke is because he figured out that Stem manipulated right. him, and he right. he was trying right. not to fight. I don't I don't know if it really mattered that he figured it out because the result would have been the same. Yeah. Um, Unless, I guess, the robot maybe was trying to make him emotional. but
0: I I mean, he basically says that. He's like, I was waiting for him to break himself so that I can finally... Eventually, that was going to happen,
1: though, Yeah, because you'd want your own body back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did enjoy the fact that they could have a um, non-happy ending. Yeah. Um, And it did feel a lot like Ex Machina... And now that you mention it a bit of Blade Runner, because ultimately the point of this movie is like the questions that it raises, like it's trying to make you think about things after the movie's over, mm-hmm. um, which is a thing that a lot of blockbusters have lost these days. Yeah, It's why the new Blade Runner is like really confusing to a lot of people. It's because it's not about the plot per se. It's about the implications of what is literally happening. about
0: the journey, right? We are journeying with this character not to find out answers. But to journey,
1: And I massively enjoy movies that, that are not about the, the exact plot as it's laid out in the movie, that are about more, that make you think. And so this one, it's asking what happens when you create something to help humans and it inevitably becomes the thing that destroys them, humans. Yeah. And to be fair, we're already seeing some of that. Like you said, there's technology that's rather similar to this already being tested out. Um, but also in the straight sense that your smartphone right. can help you, but at the same time it hurts your interpersonal skills, it hurts your relationships, it can get in the way of helping you at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a cultural thing that it can ask. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And it did it fairly well. Because a lot of times when you have movies like that, it'll be overhanded and it'll like, hit you in the face with like all of these... You know, problems and it's like trying to make you feel bad. Yeah. But I feel like this does it naturally in the course of the plot very well.
0: Yes. I, I thought there were moments where I thought it was very natural and moments where it was horribly stilted. Yeah. It uh, felt super forced. Again, I thought the, the idea, the concepts were so good. And I just thought the execution was just a little bit off. Now, it. In the end, like I didn't hate the movie. I'd say it's like a seven out of ten. It's maybe a six and a half out of ten. Somewhere there. Um it's just it's just okay for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um at the same time I just couldn't help but thinking think about how um it it tried too hard to keep the plot oh man, I don't even say moving forward because I thought it like, the pacing was okay, actually. It, it always felt like it was moving the way mm-hmm. that it ought to have, uh, at least rhythmically. Um, I mean, I never found myself in the middle of the scene going, why, why am I are we here? here? Yeah, right. Which is nice. At the same time, I just didn't care about the ending. Like, yeah. In the whole time in my head, I was thinking, as long as it's not this kid tech guru that planned it because that was what I, I immediately as soon as the car accident happened I was like I mean this is what everyone's thinking right Right. we, we think it's the kid well
1: I mean you have no other speaking characters you have the guys that kill him mm-hmm. and the only other speaking character is the kid which means right. that it's either going to be the wife that orchestrated it the cop
0: mm-hmm. or the kid right and well, technically you weren't wrong right it was kind of the kid who invented the <laughs> tech that did this whole thing right and, and I don't think it's like something super groundbreaking but I just felt like because the answer is kind of obvious that we should have had more work getting there right emotionally from from the characters uh a lot like the blade runner 2049 where ryan gosling's character you know where he's going the whole time like this mission that he has to discover like is he quote unquote chosen one mm-hmm. uh who is the chosen one finally replicant kill him oh my gosh i'm a replicant maybe i'm the chosen one uh like that whole journey, no one really cares what the answer is at the end. In fact, you're not really given a good answer. Like you're not getting a satisfying answer. It's there, but it's only kind of there.
1: That's because the answer is not what the movie's about. Right, exactly. And I this felt like doesn't this doesn't have something to be in that place. Right.
0: And that's why I was uh, slightly disappointed in that. It it was close to being something that I thought was groundbreaking like Ex Machina, like mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Um in that it is all about this idea mm-hmm. and fleshing out that idea and the struggle that this character has with, oh my gosh, I am not my own person anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that technology has been integrated into me in such a way that, uh, you know, he's relieved at times to let STEM take over, mm-hmm. it, and then it gets less and less like of a relief and more and more of a I'm not in control, and and that's a terrifying, a mm-hmm. horrifying realization. And I wish we would have spent more time on that, like that process, that switch, and I thought it just happened really quickly. Right. And it you was don't get to see... over-dram- over-dramatized. He, he, over-dramatized, yeah.
1: Something like that. He breaks in one scene, basically. Mm-hmm. All of that development that you'd want to take almost half of a movie, really, right. like to, for minutes. him to come to terms with, it literally takes five minutes. Um, and that, I think part of it is because the answer is kind of obvious, you spend the whole movie making your peace with it because you basically know like mm-hmm. how it's going to end so when it happens you're like yep okay and, maybe and that's then that's That's it
0: like maybe you you should walk away and have felt like yeah that's kind of what i expected and then realize oh like that's what we've done like we already right. know how this is all going to end with our technology and we're still doing our it. <laughs> ai siri is going to control us and we can see it coming. Dude, People are sounding Elon Musk and, is <laughs> right. scared, <laughs> right? And, and and so like maybe fifteen years from now, it we already know the ending to it, right? And you know maybe it's super meta. <laughs> yeah, Terminator uh, D Day is happening, and uh, and we're just like, okay, uh, I don't think it's that self aware, but I don't think so.
1: But I would probably treat it that way. Interesting. Okay. If I. Ever introduced other people to it okay. or if I seriously decided to analyze it I would treat it that way because it correlates very well in my brain. Maybe it wasn't intended to be that way but the allegory to our world certainly does exist. So you know, maybe this is one of those cases where happy accidents put put it in a place where it's almost better because of it. I don't know. I wouldn't call maybe the movie better, but I would call the 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 allegory to modern life probably better because of that. Fair enough. So narratively, it it's it doesn't it doesn't hit you. Mm-hmm. It kind of falls flat at the end. But I think the um it can be translated to our world maybe better because of it. I don't know.
0: That's fair. I think we're out of time. Uh, I I do want to have I have one more question. Go for it. Uh, what did you think of the camera work? During the fight scenes, I season. actually really enjoyed it. Okay, so I, I thought okay, it was one, it's one of overplayed those overplayed a little bit, but a, it was a little to the point of where I could not figure it out. It, it I put it a
1: notch above like your normal movie in this bracket because of things like that because they were trying they they were trying to do a style that nobody had really done before, um, and basically what it looks like I I was trying to figure it out too. What it looks like is that the camera is always oriented towards his head. Mm-hmm. And so when his head turns the camera right. tilts right now there's one scene in the hallway where he's like leaning against the door and he's like fighting but his body's getting turned off yeah um, when the kid's hacking in yeah and it doesn't match his head but that's the only scene where it doesn't and so i was super confused but that might also be the point like yeah. he's he's lost it i i but i thought that was i really enjoyed it and actually. i
0: i've only seen it done in like one or two scenes in other movies where they're like they start so- the camera sideways to match the character like lying down mm-hmm. they sit up and it comes up right and I, I, it happens I a use, lot in
1: Sherlock, actually. They do yes, stuff like does.
0: that. It does. Um, but it's by far not a American trait, really, right. to do things. And I liked it, uh, and I thought it played to the strengths of the film, mm-hmm. um, even though it's a little, little over overplayed.
1: Yeah. I don't think it actually takes most people out of the movie, though, so I think in that aspect, it fits within the genre and the yeah. f- mood that they were trying to create, so... I think it works for this you can't do it for everything but you know
0: all right well that's our review of upgrade we hope uh either if you saw the film that you enjoyed it if you have opinions that you want to uh project back at us (laughs) feel free to uh sorry that was that was rough uh feel free to reach out to us on social media and uh we'd love to hear what you thought thanks so much